Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We're in episode 159, season four, uh, Failing School Support, part two. And I'm getting to this later than normal as uh, recently within the last week we put my father on uh, hospice care and he's has pulmonary fibrosis and things are kind of like a roller coaster right now up and down so after being in some schools today I left early to go visit him because he had passed out and we thought this was the beginning of the end and uh, by the time I got there he had rallied and he's sitting up in a wheelchair and uh, he's still struggling and not doing great but um, that's kind of where we're at and that's uh, life's journeys I guess you could say uh, same thing that happens to everybody and as leaders uh, things like that are happening all the time uh, let's get back to our failing schools and what failing schools uh, can do we started talking about an article from educational leadership December 2022 January 2023 um, called What Failing Schools Really Need last time. And uh, I think I talked about, uh, uh, Bruce Hansen wrote the article and talked about how banners and were put up in his school. I think I said at first it was a female teacher, but it was Bruce Hansen. And he um, talked about, then he went to another school and the staff was the same that he could tell, but they uh, didn't do some of the things that were done at the other school. And he was just talking about the disparities and some of the things he said for failing schools, um, remember he talked about specialized training, we talked about that a little bit, additional staff, uh, effective classroom environments, all the things that I fully uh, endorsed as well, an engaging curriculum, and uh, even increased funding, which we talked quite a bit about equity, and I told you about the equity formula that was used by my district, and uh, that makes a big difference in uh, schools too and money does make a difference because it does take more resources uh, to help the kids as I was talking about before when I started thinking back to my building uh, the high poverty building that was 90% free and reduced lunch and we turned it around and uh, changed scores and changed the attitude and uh, what are some of the things that we did and there was a lot of things that we did uh, and it wasn't one single thing. It was kind of a combination of things to turn that building around. Um, staffing was extremely important. Uh, we had to work on getting the right staff and um, getting rid of staff that didn't belong and staff that didn't fit the philosophy and staff that didn't uh, want to contribute to the philosophy of doing whatever it takes to help kids and and our positive behavior support development, which helped our school become one of the model safe schools at the time in the district, one of five model safe schools. Uh, we even got a war, an award from the Health and Safety Council for uh, the improvements that we had and walking our kids past drug dealers and getting them home and getting them uh, to where they were safe and a lot of the things that we were doing as a school and as a staff, I started jotting those down and thinking, what things did we do? We did a lot of different things that helped that school succeed. Uh, building that positive culture, which we talk about uh, frequently on this show, and we talk about the importance of uh, um, 
culture trumping strategy, which it does if you develop the right culture. Um, developing a vision with the staff and having buy-in in the vision and ownership in the ver vision uh, gives staff a purpose uh, and a reason to be there. And it takes courageous leadership to turn around a failing school for sure. Um, and how empowering your staff and practicing shared leadership and developing trust, which doesn't happen overnight. Trust is one of those things as a leader that takes time to develop. And we've talked about that before. Your actions have to match your words uh, and developing uh, anything that the staff would ask you to do and uh, following through with it and modeling the correct behaviors and being a servant leader. There are so many things uh, that can show uh, through courageous leadership. Uh, developing teams was something we did that helped our school and the teams fit the needs of the building. Uh, we end, ended up having a triage team. I know I've talked about that before to assess students as they came in the door and kind of see if they're ready to learn and what we could do to help them get into a, a positive uh, stance for learning. Uh, relationships and connections were extremely important. That kept our kids coming to school and developing those connections kept them in school and gave us the ability to work better with the students and to restore relationships into some of those restorative practices even though we were having uh, high incidence of uh, suspensions at first. I know I've talked about that before on the show as well. Having that pyramid of supports for behavior and academics goes hand in hand to support your students while practicing restorative uh, practices so that you can maintain relationships and keep the students learning and reteaching the behaviors that need to be retaught as they come back to school. Adjusted curriculum was another thing that we did as a school and I empowered the staff to uh, select curriculum and find other supplemental curriculum that we could use so that the district was not using at the time and that helped us to move our students. And the proof I used with the superintendent once was because of our, uh, we used guided reading as a supplement to our basil. And at the time, it wasn't a practice of the district. And we uh, started book rooms and other some other schools did this in high poverty areas as well. And our students were able to increase their reading. Uh, we did Lucy Calkins writing. Uh, we did the quarterly running records so we could show growth. And, and growth was important to us as a school. And Lucy Calkins uh, showed growth in the writing at the lower grade levels. And we did a lot of materials as we went on through the different schools I was in. At the Focus School, we used, a, um, uh, what is the name of it, a vocabulary program. I'll think of it soon, obviously. But the, uh, we used some, a lot of supplemental curriculum, uh, six-step vocabulary. Marzano six-step vocabulary is what we used, but we used a a version that used um, uh, visuals uh, so that couldn't, students could describe artwork. Uh, and we used a lot of supplemental uh, materials to help them excel and move forward. Uh, we gave the teachers freedom to try new things and to take risks. And the teachers that were experts at uh, math or reading or writing, we looked at what they were doing extensively and what they were doing that worked 
and transferred that to other grade levels, turning our school into a professional learning community, which is easier said than done because you have to get your staff to a point where they're sharing and uh, going back and forth and able to have constructive discussions and even disagreements as teams. Uh, but the key is constructive and still allowing others to have uh, differing opinions. Uh, we stress the strengths and the talents of all of our staff. And I've talked about that before where we've used Strengths Finders, a Strengths Finder from Gallup. And it gave the staff insight into each other. And it also helped me mediate uh, staff in different situations and help them work together and help develop uh, smoother collaboration because they could see that they had different lenses that they were viewing uh, issues and the world through, which helped. Um, understanding our demographics and our area is extremely important. I had to do a lot of training with staff on uh, understanding poverty and uh, using uh, some of the uh, Eric Jensen stuff and uh, Ruby Payne and uh, he's done a lot of different materials but a lot of training in developing the staff capacity uh, to understand students and to move students forward, especially if they've been through some kind of trauma. Uh, so basically trauma-informed teaching and other strategies uh, of uh, social-emotional learning and things that are the big buzzwords right now for uh, giving students that, 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 that sense of uh, belonging. And those connections to the building are, are huge, and we increased... Everything from meals to providing uh, many resources uh, for the students and families and worked hard at uh, keeping our families uh, and, and students in a state where they could come to school and learn. Uh, everything from uh, helping with medical to dental to trying to find, uh, they now have the dental van that goes around and the optical van. but. Those were issues at the time that we didn't have, and we had to figure out ways to get uh, students' services if they needed it so they could do well in school. So uh, finding uh, ways to help the students, everything from mental health, which was big at the school that we were in, and I've talked about that before, of getting into a grant where we ended up getting a uh, licensed mental health professional at a time that nobody was doing that, and that was... Uh, about the 2000s, uh, I got there in 98 as uh, 99, 2000 as principal. So it was uh, right after that that we got into that grant uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, but helping for the needs of our kids and the rallying of our community and the building of our community and the coordination of resources is the biggest uh, factor that I can see in uh, helping a school turn around. And it's not something that happens overnight. Although I think you can move a school faster than you realize. Uh, I think I'll talk about that next time on our show uh, because I helped a school that was the lowest in the state uh, for five weeks as principal and made some major changes and made some pretty quick gains in five weeks. So when they say things can't be done fast, I didn't have a choice, but uh, I would recommend that, of course, uh, to do things more purposefully and at a different pace. But there are things that you can do 
that can help a building that's been in a crisis mode, I would call it. And the principal was new there and uh, was out. And I can explain that more next time as we get into more on failing schools because I think it's going to take a while for us to unpack this because there are uh, <coughs> excuse me, so many things that you can do to improve a school. And it's, it's, it's a combination of things. I mean, one common factor still is effective leadership. And we talk about that a lot on the show. Uh, effective leadership, it does make a difference in getting things done. And uh, I talked about the courageous leadership because sometimes you're doing things that are what's best for kids and not the most convenient for teachers or staff. But at the same time, uh, it's a combination uh, of doing what is best for the kids and moving the building forward and getting the, the staff on board so that you have uh, momentum uh, to move. And I, I want to share something as I finish up tonight from Michael Fullen, uh, Nuance, Why Some Leaders Succeed and Others Fail. And I'm really liking this book because I, I like the way he talks about being able to go into a building and see different things and uh, look for different things other than the remember in that article they talked about uh, districts thinking you can send this canned approach program out and it will turn around a failing school and that is often not the case uh, let me jump back into that article because I, I liked they talked about that uh, bringing in these canned approaches uh, Yeah, there we go. And that the those approaches didn't seem to work. And they cited some different approaches with phonics skills and uh, different things that they were doing with, quote, bad schools. Uh, and morale plummets when teachers are told not to use professional judgment to decide what their students need. That was taken from uh, Badiani, uh, 2019. And... Um, I just talked about the joyless maneuvers of ability grouping and skills groupings and doing it in a way that took the joy right out of learning for the kids and the engagement. And I have seen that before, so I, I see where they're coming from with that. But going back to this article, I'm jumping ahead here or jumping backwards. Nuanced, why some leaders succeed and others fail from Michael Fullen. I want to read you a piece here on what a nuanced leader can do. Nuanced leaders have a curiosity about what is possible, openness to other people, sensitivity to context, and a loyalty to a better future. They see below the surface, enabling them to detect patterns and their consequences for the system. They connect people to their own and each other's humanity. They don't lead, they teach. They change people's emotions, not just their minds. They have an instinct for orchestration. They foster sinews of success. They are humble in the face of challenges, determined for the group to be successful, and proud to celebrate success. They end up developing incredibly accountable organizations because the accountability gets built into the culture. Above all, they are courageously and relentlessly committed to changing the system for the betterment of humanity. Uh, great words of wisdom for a leader. Um, relentlessly committed to changing the system for the betterment. Uh, I love that. And we'll get back into that and continue 
on talking about failing schools. I jumped around a little bit tonight. My mind's a little bit elsewhere with all this stuff with my father right now, but we'll get back to uh, failing schools uh, part three and continue to unpack this next time. So as always, uh, continue to promote effective leadership through productive culture changes. And I'm almost ending without our quote. Our quote tonight is only in the darkness can you see the stars. And that was by Martin Luther King Jr. So again, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, remember to stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.